Hello everyone and welcome to Live Beats with Sirisha on Radio Caravan 104.1 FM and 700 AM. This is your host Sirisha Kuchimanchi. I'm a former tech executive, a podcast host and a working mom. I host a podcast Women Career and Life. It's spelled W O M E N C A R E R and Life. You can find it on any of your favorite podcast platforms including Spotify, Apple and Google. I talk and share stories and advice for you to achieve your career and life goals. So say that you're thinking of giving a presentation in front of 50 people or maybe even 5000 people. So how do you present? How do you practice for it? It talks about finding a mentor at work. So it talks about various topics. So check out the podcast It was in the top 30% of Spotify podcasts in 2022 and is heard over in 19 countries and the top two being US and India. So thank you for being on today's show. In this talk show we talk about various things. We've been talking about, you know, doing a financial health check, about school transitions, and last week we were talking about reviewing our paycheck and how do we goal set for the year. Today I wanted to change it up. I'm going to try this. So this is my first time taking calls on the air and I'm going to take them in the last few minutes and I'm going to plug the question now so you can think about it. I wanted to know what you so most of us when we are kids think we at that point maybe you wanted to be drive a railway car or be a pilot. So maybe in the last five few minutes you can call into the studio live on air and tell us what you wanted to be at the age of 10. So please remember that question I will plug it again just before we wrap up the show so we can talk about it. But today I wanted to talk about something different. Many of you if you were listening to the news in January there was a the World Economic Forum in Davos has this huge summit attended by global leaders and I just wanted to unwrap some of the impactful things they're doing but also some of the fun facts about it because there's so much conversation around it. a lot of decisions a lot of key players are there and on cop topics of gravitas that they are trying to drive change about and i thought we could talk about it so just to get started this was idea in 1971 that was from a german and swiss economist who started davos conference the world economic forum is a non-profit organization that was created then and it's been meeting for many years so One of the things that it does is it's held in the ski resort in Switzerland not too far from Zurich it's actually a fairly small town it's got about maybe 11000 people or more so obviously when it has this conference it swells very huge a lot more people it's really known for its downhill skiing cross country skiing and uh, it's very cold it's this one was in january so it's pretty cold i was reading an article where one of the attendees was saying you need to essentially be buying this $1000 goose down jacket to attend this because it is going to be incredibly cold and this year's theme was cooperation in a fragmented world and it was held between the 16th and 20th of january for this annual meeting So it has representatives that come from government from civil society from business heads of state a lot of different leaders who are discussing priorities of the world and one of the things that's interesting when you think about it is who sits on it so i was looking at the board of trustees so the forum is essentially chaired by the founder and chief executive this process 
Klaus Schwab, who started the World Economic Forum. And it's guided by these board of trustees who come from various walks of life. And the first name that I that pops up on the list is Mukesh Ambani, who is the chairman and managing director of Reliance Industry, as in one of the richest people in the world. He's, again, in the back from the Asian list on the top. It has a lot of other CEOs, Mark Benioff from Salesforce, the CEO of Accenture from BlackRock, Bain & Company, Nestle. It has Al Gore, the former vice president of the U.S. It has even Fabiola Giannotti. She's the director general of CERN, the nuclear research lab that crosses the borders there and does all the accelerator studies. I am an originally a physicist geek, so this totally appeals to me. It has Christine Lagarde, who's the president of the European Central Bank, the Minister of Information Communication from Rwanda. So it's got like this very vast, diverse thing. Some of the interesting people who sit on this has the cellist, Yo-Yo Ma. It has Queen Rania from Jordan. And also, like I said, the CEOs of Accenture, the senior minister of government from Singapore. So a nice mix of different diverse voices speaking at it. But what is it that they're trying to tackle basically this year? They've been looking at a lot of different forums of impact. And obviously, when we think of these World Economic Forum, maybe the image that comes to mind is from a few years ago when Greta Thunberg was protesting for climate change. And that is still a very pivotal part of the discussion, climate. But there's a lot of other things that they're looking at from an impact standpoint. They're looking at agriculture, food, and beverage. When you think about it, this year, the world's population crossed 8 billion. Food is a big part of that because you have to feed the world population. So one of the things they're actually looking at is this nice, lovely intersection of AI and agriculture. And the showcase that they are using is these Indian farmers who are using AI to harness technology, basically to raise productivity. And the pilot project is happening in the state of Telangana, which is where my parents live. And it's looking at a couple of thousand farmers who are looking at growing chilies. For, and if most of this network, when you hear all the radio shows, advertising from the restaurants, the spicy food. So that is what they're looking at from the agricultural sector using AI when they're talking about it. Obviously, there's a lot of discussion, this latest news about chat GPT and Google giving its competition on, on the table and, you know, how artificial intelligence is going to impact us. We will tackle that at a different time, but I'm just looking at what the global world is looking at, what their biggest concerns are. Beyond climate is agriculture, food and beverage, cybersecurity, because keeping everything safe. There's a lot of focus on oil and gas industry in this case, but they're really looking at cybersecurity threats everywhere. The news this week, we've had a balloon being shot down over North Carolina by the U.S. missile. So there's a lot of discussion on just security as such. Forests, part of climate change is investing in keeping our environment up. So investing in trees. So 80 global companies committed to basically conserving and restoring 7 billion trees in 65 countries. That is a lot. 7 billion trees is almost a tree per person that they're planting over 65 countries that they're trying to reforest again. 
Another part is about digital inclusion and having everybody being considered when they're looking at health, education, and finance. And when we think about the digital economy, I think it's become much more imperative now, especially when we look at what happened during COVID and the access of digital economics and how people, when you just think about school and the education ecosystem that existed, how do people integrate into this? The other portion was on Ukraine and just having life-saving supplies to countries that are facing humanitarian crisis. We know that Turkey and Syria were significantly impacted from the 7.4 Richter scale earthquake. A lot of people have been left homeless, been devastated, people have lost lives. So our hearts go out to them and in aid and support of them. So there are organizations that are supporting them if you're able to as well. And last part is also trade and investment. I know I've covered like this gamut and you're wondering that's like a hopscotch of different things. But if you think about it, it's about keeping the environment around as clean, making people feel connected, growing food for these people, safety in sense of cybersecurity and equity in sense of digital economy and having life-saving supplies for keep people safe and having trade and investment to grow these economies. There's a lot of discussion around the cost of living, recession, and everything else that is going on around that, that they're talking about as well. So I just talked about who sits on the boards of trustees, but I actually wanted to really look at some fun facts that I took down. So just give me a minute to grab these facts as we talk about it. So when you look at the World Economic Forum, there are a lot of countries. So I wanted just to talk about the economics of the World Economic Forum, right? Like how much does it actually cost and what does it take to be invited? This is a by way an invite-only event. About 2,000 delegates come from across the countries. Companies buy membership for it. So you can buy a membership for this. It just costs $52,000 to buy a membership. Then the ticket for it is $19,000. So essentially to attend an event, you have to buy for about $71,000 to attend an event. So that's how much it costs. And there are mostly invited delegates, like I said. It costs industry associates around $137,000 a week to do this. There are about a thousand companies that attend. And they're talking about, like I said, very many things. There are about 200 CEOs who attend. And if it's, I think what I saw was some interesting facts. If you have obviously a head of state or a CEO attending this event, they are not going to come to stay in a hotel. You know what, by the time you rent the chalet in the Swiss chalet and stuff, it costs a couple of $100,000, I think close to, I think by the time all this billing is done, maybe about close to half a million for a week's worth of stay. And the fun fact, like how much do you think a hot dog is? I know you you are not able to call into the line right now, but fun fact, how much do you think a hot dog is for this? It's almost $43 for a single hot dog during that time for you to get a devos to eat. So there's a lot of discussion. And this is a good plug for what we talk about on this show. A lot of the activity, of course, there's a lot of keynote speeches. People are going to conferences. They're talking about important topics. 
but a lot of the activity happens at networking events in hallways in conference room in hotel suites at dinners all of these discussions that are also impactful are happening at these networking events that people are meeting at and i think someone put a quip saying it's like sweet networking on steroids that's how devos is when they're meeting together when they're looking at it and i thought what was important is i was going to just briefly stop the stavos conversation and really talk about networking as well we talked about it a few weeks ago it was just right before new years when we were talking about how to network and i wanted to refresh on that so when we are talking about network we are talking about what do we want to say to people kind of where do we stand in the room and how do we meet them so just as a refresher if you're thinking of meeting someone if you're going to a huge conference or you're going to like this event or a party i think one suggestion is not to stand near the door stand of stand in the middle or closer to the food station so you can meet people as they walk by and start up a conversation so a lot of this power that centers around this conference is happens because of the networking and the opportunities that are there as well so a quick plug again for those of you listening this is live beats with sirisha on 104.1 fm and 700 am i'm a former tech executive and a podcast host i host the podcast women career and life it's spelled w o m e n c a r e r and life you can find it on spotify on any of your favorite podcast platforms i talk about leadership and empowerment like how do you negotiate for a raise how do you look for board positions like various things that would affect your everyday life so take a listen and see which you can just check out whichever podcast episode appeals to you in today's show here we are talking about the world economic forum and davos and what that looks like which is curating it because this is an event that is globally very high impact happens in january in the small swiss town ski resort incredibly cold and just how the economics of it are around this today is the first day i'm going to open up the phone lines at the end of the radio so you have to give me some grace as i figure out the controls but the question that i wanted you to call in the last few minutes if you want to go live on air is as a child of 10 or if you are a kid who is 10 also feel free to call in i want to know what you dreamt about what did you want to do what did you want to be like did you want to be a pilot did you want to be a scientist did you want to own a business did you want to fly to space whatever it is call in and you can go live on air and we can have a quick chat about it looking forward to that conversation one of the most interesting things is davos talks about climate change that is the picture that comes to mind often when most of us think about it but interestingly because most of the people here flying in are heads of state ceos there are about a thousand planes that fly in for this conference and when you're thinking about climate change and a thousand planes flying in for a conference that is talking about climate change i guess the optics to me don't appear it seems like an interesting juxtaposition of you're talking about this but there's all this fuel being and exhaust being generated at that So anyway that's a reminder for them to go and revisit that conversation when they're planning this discussions around it as well. So as we are looking at it a lot of the discussions in this conference are like I said there are about 2500 delegates flying in 
most of the conversations are informal conversation with amazing leaders that really happens after dinner events that really drives this. So in 2020, they made a manifesto. They're looking at this as the fourth industrial revolution. And they're talking about having a fair share of payments, reducing corruption and increasing diversity and equity around the world as people are looking at what needs to be done and upholding human human rights throughout its global supply chain. And for those who work in various industries, whether you're running a business, whether you're working for a corporation, whether you are working at home by yourself or you're a homemaker, supply chain impacted every single one of us in different ways. If you were trying to buy a car, it became ridiculously expensive to buy a car. I remember going to this car showroom just for the fun of it to check it out. And they told us they had six cars on the lot. They had sold off three and they had only three left. Of course, now it, I think more are available. There's, of course, the chip shortage to build these cars as well. And you probably heard that on the State of the Union address where they're talking about the chip act and the semiconductor chips that have to be increased. So there were supply chain constraints in like this high tech world. There were supply chain constraints in getting certain foods and availability in the grocery stores as well. There were supply chain constraints if you were running, a, say, a big company, getting your raw materials. All of that was a challenge. If you were running a business, maybe you're running a gas station and you're trying to stock your shelves, you probably didn't have access to every product you're used to having, be it beverages or food or any specialty products. So a lot of people struggled in various aspects to source that. Even if you went to restaurants and stuff, right, you would see a note saying, no availability of this just because supply chain constraints and supply chain constraints started all the way across transportation lines being stuck at the port so all of this together is driving all of this so how do they keep up all of this is part of the discussion at Davos and one of the things that I thought was really interesting, and if you want to call in, I'm in a few minutes, I'm going to go online. If anyone is going to call, you can start calling in about two minutes to take some calls. One of the ways that they really focused on here was five ways in which the workplace could serve young people better. And I think it's very important to talk about this because at this point in time on Saturday at 5.30, there might be young people listening to it. You might be parents with young children. Or you may be interacting with a lot of young people. So we see this, we hear this in the news, but what are they really talking about? So one of the first thing is everyone is saying youth employment must be a top priority worldwide because under the age of 30, there's a much higher percentage of people like just the economics of it. There are a lot of, especially in Asia and Europe, Africa, the median age of the population is quite young. And they're trying to address employment at just upskilling the labor force. This should not surprise anyone, this comment. Young people want jobs with priorities, well-being, and purpose. We've all heard of quiet quitting and the meaning of work and people wanting to work in places where they feel valued, where they feel heard, and they are very engaged as a population on wanting that impact. The interesting statistic is for quiet quitting, if you've heard that, if you haven't worked it, Google it and see, especially if you're in TikTok, you've probably seen it, quiet quitting and meaning of work. For those hashtags for quiet quitting and stuff, 
if you Google it and great resignation, there were 500 million views between on TikTok itself for those two topics. There's a lot of conversation around it. If you are a young person, maybe you manage young people, you run an organization, you hire in a business young people, whatever it is, this is a lens that you have to be looking through, you have to be thinking about, and maybe even having conversation with these young people to find out what is important to them. Because that is the generation that's also driving change very proactively, very actively, and a lot of the change is much needed. So think about how you want to open those deals. And really that segues perfectly to the next thing. They want transparency from their employers. So if you are engaging with them, you should be more open to talking to them about their interest in sustainability and climate, what you're giving back, how are you keeping the world equitable? So thinking about it from those standpoints is important. And the opportunity to learn, they want opportunities to learn, to grow so that they can grow along with the rapidly changing world they live in. And one thing is intergenerational collaboration starts with listening. And one thing I heard is it's not about just hearing us talk, but really listening to us as we talk about it. That is what is important to them. And I think to all of us, right, we want to not just be heard, but we want to be listened. So think about it from that standpoint as you're wrapping and thinking about it. I'm going to open up the phone lines. If anyone wants to call in, you can call in on air. Like I said, today is my first time trying this. What I'm asking for is a fun thing for you to tell me what you wanted to do at the age of 10. And maybe if you are a young child and your parent is, I don't know what the rules of engagement are for radio. And if this is not a show for young people, but if the adult wants to call in on the child's behalf and say what your child wants to do, what did you want to do at the age of 10? Did you want to be a pilot? I'm sitting across from the highway, so I'm looking at trucks driving across. Did you want to be a railway driver? Did you want to go off to space? Did you want to always be a business owner, a farmer? What is it that you dreamt at the beginning of the age of 10? So feel free to call in. The phone lines are open. The studio number is 214-817-3333. The number again is 214-817-3133. Three 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 three. The number again two one four eight one seven three 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 three. Feel free to call in. We have just over a minute before the show wraps up. I'm your host Sarisha Kuchimanchi. I am a former tech exec and a podcast host. I host the podcast Women Career and So. If you have comments, if you want to share something, you can email me. And I think emails a bit outdated. So. You can still try and email me lifebeats104.1 at gmail.com or you can tag me on Instagram and send me a DM. It's women, career, and life. It's spelled W-O-M-E-N-C-A-R-R and L-I-F-E. So I'll find ways so that you can reach out to me. We are wrapping up pretty soon and maybe next time we can try and reach out on the airwaves and connect on some fun questions as we look at things. Today, we were just talking about the World Economic Forum. I look forward to chatting with all of you next week. And uh, stay safe. Enjoy the lovely warm weather outside. And uh, take care.